You're listening to the Church 2911 Sermons Podcast. You can follow along with the notes for this message and get better connected with our church by visiting church2911.com connect. Now, here's Pastor Rick or another member of our team with this week's message. Okay, so this morning, let's talk about death. Y- y'all like to talk about death? <laughs> Who likes to talk about death? Anybody? Uh, you know, I, I don't guess we've got any funeral home directors or morticians here, so uh, we don't like to talk about death, you know? We don't like death. Steve Jobs, before he passed away, he said this, no one wants to die. Even people who want to go to heaven don't want to die to get there, right? <laughs> I mean, you want to go to heaven, uh, probably most people in this room, you've kind of thought about that, and you really do want to go to heaven, but even at that, we don't really want to do what's necessary to get there, even though we, we, we do wish that God had another way, right? And he does, you know, what we call the rapture, you know, that he's coming back. But everybody doesn't get that opportunity. A lot of us are going to have to die to get to heaven, so we're not really excited about that. That we don't like to talk about death, that we are uncomfortable talking about death, that we are uncomfortable with death is a huge, very huge understatement, Right? I mean, it's true. We don't. I mean, when you go to the funeral home or you visit somebody, you know, a family that has had a death, we don't know what to say, do we? You know, we're uncomfortable with that. We don't really like to talk about death or be around death. We just kind of like to give everybody high five and just keep going on, right? I mean, we don't. But whether we believe it or not or realize it or not, we're all dying a little bit every day. You don't believe me? Look in the sink the next time you comb your hair, right? <laughs> We're all dying a little bit every day. Shakespeare said in, in his play, he wrote in his play of Julius Caesar, that cowards die a hundred times before their death. You know, there's death all around us. You know, um, has any, any, anybody here, you know, anybody here ever felt like death warmed over? You know, I'd say like last week, I kind of felt like death warmed over. So you've been at the edge of death, all right? You've been at the point of death, or, or maybe. Right, let me ask you this question. Has anybody here ever been embarrassed to death? Anybody? anybody? Can I have the microphone? Because I want to hear that story right there. <laughs> no, we wouldn't do that, would we? No, a pastor wouldn't. We, we don't do that kind of thing. Not, not, at least not normally, but if we have a good one. How about, has, has anybody ever been scared to death? Anybody? Yeah, yeah, scared to death. Anybody ever been almost starved to death? No, you haven't. We're not here in America, right? But we, we, we talk like it. We've been almost starved to death. Anybody ever been nearly froze to death? How about Friday? You know, Friday was the day I finally had one whole day to spend working on a house, and I didn't get the memo. James Mann did not call me and tell me. I wore a T-shirt, and I about froze to death on Friday. That cold rain just all day long, right? You've been nearly froze to death. How many of you... Anybody ever been bored to death? Yeah, but hopefully not on a Sunday morning at 2911, correct? Yeah, hopefully not. So we hope that you haven't been bored to death. Here's my point, is though we don't like, we're uncomfortable with and all of that, this whole death issue, we kind of use it a whole lot, don't we? I mean, it comes up in our conversations and all these euphemisms that we've been talking about here the last few minutes. I mean, death is around us. And uh, not just the big D, 
You know, the big death, you know, capital D, death, the end of life. Not just that one, but the end of all kinds of other little things going on. We all know marriages that have died, right? We all know businesses that have died. We all know hope that has died. I know, I know, I know we're thinking about capital D on, on, on uh, Easter Sunday morning. We're thinking about the cross on, on Friday and, and now the Easter. And we're, we're thinking about the big D death, but that's not all the death is. The definition of death is a permanent cessation or a, a permanent end of something. So if, if we know marriages that have died, if we know uh, ended and they've died, if we know uh, businesses that have died, hope that has died, relationships that have died, all those things have died, death is all around us. So here, here's what I hope is an encouragement to you today is that Jesus Christ didn't come just because of big D, capital D, death, in our life on Friday. He came because of all the death that we're dealing with, all the things that, that we have to struggle with, all the, all, all the battles and things that we face, all the things that are trying to kill, all the stuff in our life. Jesus came for the, to help us with those things as well. Okay, so we're, we're uncomfortable with death. So that makes us also a little uncomfortable with the cross, right? I mean, I, I, I'm even a little confused sometimes by the cross. Here, here's, here's, here's what I mean. Jesus Christ died on the cross right now Jesus Christ is the son of God right <laughs> you know he's not just a guy he's the son of God and he's the king of kings lord of lords uh, he's he's like this mighty warrior you know he, he speaks and, and worlds are created you know I mean when, when he speaks everything in the universe has to listen to him I mean, he is this this amazing deity Jesus Christ the son of God Yet this one time, for about 18 hours or so, on Thursday night and on Friday, it's like he looks like anything but God. I mean, he looks weak. But they beat him. They lead him down. They lead him down the street. They make him carry his own cross. They they nail him to the cross. He looks weak. He looks beaten. And I, I don't. I don't mean. Just, just defeated, beaten. I mean, they actually beat him. Now, now listen, if, if, if you want to try to beat me up today, if I got the power to keep you from doing it, I'm going to keep you from doing it. And, and if Jesus is the Son of God, then we know he is, it's like, how, how did he allow himself to just be beaten and hang there on the cross? Three little nails. Three little nails. Now, I, I don't care how big the nails were, okay? If you're God... There aren't any nails big enough in the universe to hold you to a board. Three little nails. And so when, when we look at this, we say, wait, this doesn't compute that, that, that God, in, the, in this moment, he could, he could be crucified like this because he looked, weak. he looked like anything but God in those 18 hours when they arrested him, when they beat him, when they crucified him. And when he hung there on that cross until he died, he looked like anything but God confusing to me I don't know about you but if, if that if that's perplexing to you let me encourage you don't don't be too upset about it because the disciples also were confused let me let me show you from scripture Luke chapter 9 uh, this is verse 20 now Jesus has been having this discussion with his disciples and he says who, who do men say that I am you know who, the people you know when you're talking to the crowds out there who do they say I am you know when you're talking to people on the street who do they say that I am now Colin my grandson and I we had this discussion last night it, Jesus already knows everything, okay? So 
if he already knows everything, when he asks a question, he's not asking so he can find out the answer. He's asking for you to find out the answer, right? So he says, okay, who do men say that I am? So they start telling him, well, some say this, some say that. I said, okay, and then in verse 20, uh, Jesus asked them, the disciples, but who do you say I am? Because this is really the big question, isn't it? All right? And uh, then Peter jumped in. He replied, you are the Messiah sent from God. Okay, so uh, everybody's saying, well, you're this guy or this guy, or you're this or this, or some people believe this. And Jesus said, but who do you say that I am? And Simon Peter says, you're the Messiah. You're the son of the living God. You've been sent by God. This is who you are. And then what does is, what is Jesus tell him? And everybody's saying all these things out there. And Simon Peter says, you're the Messiah sent from God. And look, isn't it weird what Jesus then tells him next? He warned his disciples not to tell anyone who he was. He goes on to say, The Son of Man must suffer many terrible things, he said. He will be rejected by the elders, the leading priests, and the teachers of religious law. He will be killed, but on the third day he will be raised from the dead. Okay, that's good news, but what about all that stuff before? Everybody says you're this or this or this, but who do you say I am? Peter says, you're the Son of God. And Jesus said, but y'all don't tell anybody. You know why? Because they didn't have it figured out yet. He said, this is who you think I am. You think I'm the Messiah, but don't tell it because you guys hadn't got it right yet. Okay, because and then he goes on to say, because I got to die, I got to be beaten, I got to look like I'm not a Messiah for about 18 hours or so, right? I got to lay in a tomb for three days, you know, better part of three days. All this has got to happen, so don't, so don't go tell people who you think I am because you haven't figured out. Okay, here's what we've got to remember constantly when we're reading, especially reading scripture and thinking about things like this, is we're on this side of Easter. We're looking back through Easter. We understand what happened Easter. We're looking back through that Saturday. We're looking back into, into that Friday and through that Friday where he was crucified, into that Thursday night where he was first arrested and, and had all those trials all night long and they beat him and all that. We're looking through all that way back there to where the disciples were when Jesus said, don't tell anybody who I am yet because you ain't got to figure it figured out. He said, they, couldn't, they didn't know all of this. Now, you and I, we hear this, and we know what Jesus is talking about. But even when he told them right here, they still didn't have it in their mind. Perhaps some of them are thinking, oh, he's just talking metaphorically here. You know, he's talking about spiritual battles and things like that. They didn't realize really what he was saying, that this was going to happen. So, so they were confused by this, and so that's why Jesus said, look, don't go tell anybody yet because you ain't got it figured out. I, I, I believe that's what he's doing right here. Okay, so this is how this relates to us also. is because, like the disciples, our hope is not in the kind of Messiah they were looking because what they thought Jesus was going to do they thought he was the Messiah that was going to going to deliver them from the Roman Empire they thought he was about to lead a great uprising maybe call the angels down out of heaven and they were going to to ultimately destroy the Romans and and drive them out of Palestine and, and let Israel have their land back and 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 let them have a king again maybe and really start worshiping God that's what they thought was going to happen but just like them our hope our hope, listen, and I know some of us need to hear, because I've been reading some of your Facebook posts, okay? So I know some of us really need to hear this today, okay? Our hope is not in a militant gospel. Our hope is not in a political gospel. Our hope is not in a Santa Claus gospel. Y'all know what that is, right? You got to give him, you know, your wish list for Christmas, right? That's, that's not where our hope is. Our hope is not even in a socially conscious gospel. Our hope is in the cross of Christ. That's where it begins. Now, that's not where it ends, okay? We're, this is Easter. We're getting there, okay? But we got to begin at the cross. 
we got to begin at the cross on Friday. On Friday, it's so important to begin there. And that's where our hope is. You know, and and th- th- this may sound kind of weird to you, but here's why, here's why the cross is so important to us. is because things die at the cross. Things die at the cross. Now, that, that, doesn't, that doesn't sound really, really exciting at all. Uh, bring, it, bring us to the, that next slide, if you will. Because death is the great exposure. It exposes all that is temporary. That's why we need the cross. Because things die at the cross. The stuff that needs to die dies at the cross. Without the cross, things that need to die keep on living in our life, keep on messing with everything in our life. But death is the great exposer of things like things that, that feign more importance. They, 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 they act like they are more important than they actually are in our life. Death exposes that. Death shows us those are just temporary things. You know, you know what I'm talking about? I'm talking about like, like the troubles that dog us day after day after day. And you know, we think, you know, you keep getting beat up by the same thing every day. You think this is an eternal thing, right? But you know what the cross does? The cross exposes that. Death exposes that. Death exposes that this is just a temporary thing that you're going through. Or like the, the strongholds that build themselves in your life to keep you from being free. To, 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 to keep you still fighting the same battles over and over and over. Never allowing you to have victory. That's, that's the th- one of those things that, that needs to die. And the cross is the place where these things die. It's death that exposes all these things that try to make themselves so big and important in your life. It's at the cross where these things are exposed for what they are. They are temporary things. Temporary things that are, that are, that are killed by the cross. Destroyed by, by Jesus Christ and who he is. Destroyed by those things. Destroyed by all of that. That they, that they are... Uh, that, they are defeated by all those things because of the cross, because, because death is the exposure of the cross, uh, uh, because death is the exposure of the temporary things. There's, something, there, there's another thing that's right here that, that I need to throw at you. That, that scripture just a few moments ago. If, um, y'all ever heard anybody talk in third person? You know what I mean? You know, like if I were to start talking right now, and say, I want to tell you a story about, about myself. The pastor of Church 2911 did so and so. The pastor of Church 2911 got up one morning. The pastor of Church 2911, y'all ever heard anybody talk about themselves like that? You know, what, what do you think about when you hear that? You know, what goes through your mind? What do you think about that kind of a person? Ego? Is that what you think? You know, you think they're just so full of themselves that they think they warrant being talked about in the third person? Ego, whatever it is. Did you notice a few moments ago in that scripture, Jesus spoke of himself in the third person? He didn't say, I'm going to the cross. He didn't say, I have to be mistreated and abused and beaten. He said, the Son of Man. Called himself the Son of Man. As he, speaking in third person, the Son of Man has to go and be. Now, we know that Jesus is not all about ego. We can go with Romans, right? Romans, you know what it reminds us? That being equal with God, he didn't consider that anything to claim. As a matter of fact, he eschewed that, and, and, and he became like me and you. He became like us, son of men. That's what he became. And so when he says that the son of man has to go, when the son of man has to go and, and be beaten and be destroyed and, and be crucified, when he says the son of man, here's what, here's what I believe he's saying to us, okay? 
He's not saying I have to, but he's saying I, this part of me that is flesh. I am the son of God, but I came to be the son of man too at the same time. This part of me that is the flesh has to be destroyed. And so he went to the cross to destroy the son of man. He went to the cross to destroy the flesh, to show us, to show us that all of this flesh stuff is temporary. Because death is the great exposer of all those things that, is temp that are temporary. And, and, so, and so this thing that he has become, this is, what, this is what was exposed, this is what was destroyed. Because, listen, not one bit of the divinity, the deity of Jesus Christ, was, was even, even in the minutest way, was, was it lessened by the things that had happened on the cross. And because this is what we think, right? Because we see God hanging on a cross, say, wait a minute, that doesn't compute. But understand, that was all about the flesh that he had become. It was about the Son of Man that he had become. That had to die. And not, a bit of, not, not, not one punch was laid on the chin of the divinity of Jesus Christ. He was not lessened in one way. He was still all of God. That's why, and, and Colin and I, we, saw a, we watched a, a video last night, and uh, a cartoon video, and there was, there was an earthquake when Jesus died. And so he asked me about that earthquake, so I was able to tell him about that earthquake. That's what happened. It's because right, right as he was dying, right, right as his flesh was dying, he said, it is finished, and then an earthquake happened it, as if all nature shuddered that the Son of God was hanging on a cross. Now, the Son of Man was dying. The flesh was passing away. The flesh was being defeated. And all the death that you and I deal with every single day, it was being defeated. It was being destroyed. But the Son of God was still hanging on a cross. But he was getting off the cross. <laughs> that, that body was still there, but he was getting off the cross. And all of nature shuddered at that. Death exposes the things that need to die, like those troubles, like those strong, and even even our sin. Death exposes the sin that needs to be destroyed. So death has been destroyed at the cross. Okay, but, but okay, here's, here's some more confusion. Wait a minute. If my troubles that dog me every single day, if my strongholds that are that the enemy builds in my life keep me from being victorious, and they're still there, and, and, and even my sin that has been destroyed... How is it then that I still sometimes find myself involved in those things or, or, or worrying with those things? You see, here, here's one of our problems. It's what, what, what a lot of Christians do is they visit Easter, but then they go back to Thursday night and pick some stuff up. Maybe some stuff that died on the cross on Friday and go, boom, keep it on life support. You know, just try to keep it alive a little bit longer. Our fears, our thoughts, our worries, the, the things that are so, so prominent in our mind, and, and we, just, we just keep ourselves focused on all of those things instead of focusing on this awesomeness. And we won't get to Easter in a few moments, okay, but we got to deal with this. It, 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 these things are dead. They're dead unless we resurrect them, unless we put them on life support, unless we keep them alive. These things were, these things were killed at the cross. They were destroyed. And then when... All the things that are temporary, all the things that can be defeated and destroyed, when they die, then the only things that remain are the things that really matter. Think about that. When you allow all the temporary and all the stuff that doesn't matter anymore, when you allow it to die, then the only thing that's left is the stuff that really matters. 
the stuff that really matters. You see, Jesus wasn't the only thing that died on the cross. Our sin died on the cross. Our struggles died on the cross because of the curse of sin. All the things that we deal with, all these little deaths that we have throughout our daily lives, all those, all those things that, 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 that and you, I've got to be honest with you, some of those things that, that die and we, we, we fret over, they needed to die. If it died and we're in Christ, it died a good re- for a good reason. Because all the right stuff dies at the cross. All the right stuff is exposed by death. And so all of those things that die, all of, that, all of that's good, all that's wonderful because a lot of things die at the cross. And when all those things die, again, when all of those things die that need to die, then what really matters is all that remains. And you know what really matters? The stuff that begins on Easter. That's what matters. The things that begin on Easter morning. What begins on Easter morning? New life. Hope. Purpose. Peace, you know, you know, you know pe- real peace and joy, not, not happiness. This is happiness, right? Right? Because happiness is, you know, it's, it's interlocked with your, with, with your uh, situations and circumstances. But you know, you know what joy is, right? No matter what your circumstances are, joy just stays right here. Real joy. Those are the things, those are the things that matter. And those are the things that, that, that come back to life on Easter. Even, even sometimes things that we thought had died if it's really something that that God wanted in our life it's really he can bring it back to life on Easter we thought Jesus was dead on Friday but he was brought back to life on Easter so even things in our life that we that that maybe it looks like it's dead and and leave it with God leave it at the cross because if it's something that we God will bring it back to life on on Easter Sunday morning and you and I we we don't have to live we don't have to live under the the curse of the sin. We don't have to live with a death anymore. We don't have to live with the, with, the, with the fears, with the worries, with the confusion. We don't have to live with that anymore. We get to live with, with, with the victory and the freedom that is found in Jesus Christ on Easter Sunday morning. Can I give you some scripture there just, just, just to show you this? This is in, uh, to Romans. Jump ahead, jump ahead uh, Tommy, to Romans. There you go, thank you. Romans chapter 6. For when... We die with Christ. Okay, so get this. In Luke chapter 9, verse 20 through 22, where we read a few moments ago, in 23, verse 23, here's what Jesus said to his disciples. He invites them to go to the cross also. He said, you need to go with me to the cross. Let's go to the cross. Now, now listen, Jesus physically went to the cross. He wasn't inviting the disciples to go with him physically. He was inviting his disciples to go with him spiritually. You need to go to the cross with me. And you need to let some stuff die in your life. And so that's what this is talking about, Romans chapter 6, verse 7. When we died with Christ, we were set free from the power of sin. The power of sin no longer has any, any control or authority over you. And since, or because we died with Jesus Christ, we know we will also live with him. And we are sure of this because Christ was raised from the dead and he will never die again. Death no longer has any power over him. So here's what happened. What Jesus did physically, he went, he went to the cross to, to let flesh die, to let, to let the power of hell die, to let the power of death die, to let all of that die so that then he could be raised up. The Son of Man completely died, gone, over with, done. We don't hear Son of Man ever again after the cross. But the Son of God is resurrected on Sunday. And what Jesus did physically, 
It's what happens to us spiritually when we come to know Jesus Christ. This, 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 this is what happens to us. This is what happens to us spiritually when we come to know Jesus Christ. Is, is that us, our flesh dies so that our spirit can live. We, as a son, as sons of man, die and the temporary stuff and all the stuff that needs to go dies so that we as sons of God and daughters of God can live, can live again. So here's what really happens in salvation. Here's what happens in salvation. Give me that slide right before that, Tommy. Right before this. At the cross, an old life focused on temporary, unimportant, insignificant things dies to make way for a new life that is real with meaning through Jesus Christ. That's what salvation is. Salvation is not just asking Jesus to forgive your sins so you can have eternal life one day. Salvation is letting an old life focused on those unimportant things die so you can have new life on Easter Sunday morning. And not just this morning. You know, we're talking metaphorically here, right? That it's, le it's letting this old life die to make way for a new life that is real, that is not under the authority or the powers of death or hell or sin. That's what salvation is. Let me give you one last scripture. Colossians, this is chap, uh, chapter 2. And it, this, this, is, this is where the title for this sermon series actually came from. Colossians chapter 2, verse 14, 15. Jesus canceled the record of the charges against us. Okay, so what we're we talking about here, we're talking about our sin. All the things that we've done wrong, all the things that are laid against us, uh, the, the stuff that we've done wrong that may be between us and God. Jesus took all of it and he canceled all those charges. How did he do it? by nailing it to the cross. He, he, did away, he did away with the charges against me. Everything I've done, he did away. And how did he do it? By nailing it to the cross. Okay, you, you may have seen movies. You may have seen uh, even productions and churches and, and see that Jesus went through a whole lot of stuff that last night and that last day of his fleshly life here on the earth. But you know, like what this scripture says, really, all he did, all it took for him to get rid of our sin, to cancel every charge against us, is just a hammer and a nail. A nail the cross. Anybody, anybody ever driven in a nail with a hammer? You know, you know how easy that is? That's what it says. It says he canceled our charges just by nailing it to the cross. Why? Because it wasn't a man doing it anymore. Now it was the Son of God. And the Son of God nailed that. And when he did, when the Son of God nailed it, he said, okay, this is done. They're here. Died. Over with. Done. Completely gone. But that wasn't all that happened in this way. In what way? In what way? By nailing to the cross. In the same way that he got rid of the charges against me, in the same way by nailing it to the cross, he disarmed the spiritual rulers and authorities. That when he nailed that to the cross, he also nailed to the cross their th authorities and powers. I, I, I know we say, oh yeah, but they're still strong today. They're strong when we let them be strong because we are no longer under the power and the authority of our enemy. That he has disarmed the spiritual rulers and authority. He has disarmed them. On Friday when, when he died on that cross, when the, the, the Son of Man died on that cross, and when he nailed my sin to that cross and your sin to that cross, when he did that, he also disarmed the enemy against you. 
is they don't have any power over us anymore. They don't have any authority over us anymore. And I know a lot of times it, it feels that way, and maybe that's because we're just still visiting Easter and we keep going back and keeping some stuff on life support. If we'll, if we'll stop doing that, if we'll, if we'll say goodbye to Friday, if we'll say goodbye to Thursday night, and, and walk away from it and leave it, leave it dead at the cross, we can, we can be in this newness of life because he has disarmed them. But it went one more step further. It said also he shamed them publicly by his victory over them on the cross. Why? By nailing to the cross. You know what? what it, he exposed them. They, he exposed these powers of hell, death, and sin as they want to make out like they are really something in your life, he exposed them by showing, oh, this is all it takes right here. And he nailed, when he nailed my charges on the cross and said, now, that's left on Friday. Let's go to Easter. Let's go to new life. When he did that, he exposed them, that they really have no power and authority. Not only did he disarm them, but then he shamed them. Or that word there could also be exposed. He exposed them as they just had a temporary power over us that we still, some of us at times, still return back to, but we got to quit doing that because it's, it's not just those things. But we've been talking about temporary stuff, and you need to get temporary stuff. Let me tell you about one last little thing that's temporary and forever. Even my sin is temporary, but his victory is forever. And if I stay in Easter, if I stay in this resurrection power and victory, I don't have to wor ever worry about that back there anymore. I don't, I don't walk in that. I don't live in that. I, I don't have to worry with that. That when it raises its head, wait a minute, that scripture said, Jesus disarmed him. He can't come against me anymore. He shamed him to prove, to expose that he has no power or authority on me ever again. That I live in Easter resurrection victory. And his victory his victory is forever. And that's what he gives me through salvation in Jesus Christ. You've been listening to the Church 2911 Sermons Podcast. If you have a prayer need, our prayer team and staff would love to pray with you. You can send us your prayer request by using the email address prayer at church2911.com. If you would like to know more about our church, including information about our weekly services, please check out church2911.com. Thank you for listening. We hope you know that God has an amazing dream for you. And as always, we dare you to dream.